I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, and a nation, under God, and which it stands for all. That was our six-year-old doing the Pledge of Allegiance. She has been saying it in kindergarten, and now they say it in first grade. And Madison, has anybody ever told you or explained to you what the Pledge of Allegiance means or what it's for? The Pledge of Allegiance is um, to be kind to our world. Uh-huh. So they haven't really taught you much about it. No. People can't see you when you shake your head. No. You have to say no. (laughs) Thank you very much. That was a good rendition of the Pledge of Allegiance, Madison. I appreciate it. Good afternoon. This is Michelle with the Adventures of Living, and this is episode number 28 Pledge of Allegiance. You guys probably, if you are an American citizen, you have been saying this through all of your public schooling. Maybe if you go to a sporting event, you might hear the Pledge of Allegiance said. And so it's actually goes like this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So on today's episode number 28, we are going to dive into what the Pledge of Allegiance means. And since it's voting time, I just thought that would be kind of an appropriate episode. So take a break here and listen to our sponsor, Anchor, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Adventures of Living. This is episode number 28, Pledge of Allegiance. So what does the Pledge of Allegiance mean to break it down? So you, when you say the Pledge of Allegiance, you are supposed to stand facing the flag and you place your right hand over your heart. And if you are, that's for civilians, and if you are in the armed forces, then you salute the flag while you say it. I don't know for the president what their rule is, because they are essentially the leader of the armed forces. But anyways, um, and then also you remove your hat if you're wearing it. And the Pledge of Allegiance goes like this, and I'm going to break down each phrase for you. So the meaning of the Pledge of Allegiance, I pledge allegiance. So that is a kind of a generic term that we've heard. You might have been in Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts and you say these kind of things too. So you promise to be faithful and true or you promise your loyalty to the flag. So it is to the emblem that stands for and represents. So the flag with our stars and stripes of the United States. So when you're pledging allegiance, it's to all 50 states and territories of the America. So this is yet formed into a union of one nation and to the Republic. So you're pledging your loyalty to the government that itself is the Republic, a form of government where the people are sovereign for which it stands 
So this is the government also being represented by the flag to which I promise loyalty. One nation under God. So the one nation is the 50 individual states as a single republic under the divine providence of God. Indivisible. So that means it cannot be separated with liberty. So this is something that um, we've probably heard before in our history class. The people of this nation being afforded the freedom to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. And justice. So this is each person entitled to be treated justly, fairly, and according to proper law and principle for all. And so this is for all, every loyal American, regardless of race, religion, creed, or any other criteria. So this is something that if you have learned the Pledge of Allegiance, that's the breakdown of what each phrase stands for. You're pledging loyalty to this nation. And I wanted to dive into the one phrase that gets me in just a moment. So if you're like me, I grew up saying the Pledge of Allegiance and eventually, probably maybe second grade, I learned how to say it properly, but I never really learned. I don't remember learning what each sentence or each phrase, um, each word stood for. As an adult, you can kind of rationalize because you know the definitions of words. But I one part always kind of got to me and it's particularly because I'm not a religious person. I don't follow a specific religion. I don't go to church. I was baptized as a Catholic, but again, my family, we didn't partake in Catholic ceremonial events. One nation under God. So this is saying that the 50 individual states are united as a single republic under the divine providence of God. And I'm like, how can they have that in the Pledge of Allegiance if there's a thing called separation of church and state? And so then I had to research what that was. So the divine providence is that under God's sovereign guidance and control, that's what that means. Like God will guide and control us. And it says, if you are a believer, God governs creation as loving father, working all things for good. And I'm like, how can they have that? I mean, there are people in our nation that may be religious and maybe God isn't the, the savior, right? If you're a Buddhist, that would be not your your cup of tea so i had to look it up because i'm like well isn't there this thing called separation of church and state like what is that why does that not apply and that's not even what it means it's so funny how you just like hear this phrase and i'm just automatically assuming that when they say separation of church and state that that means like you can't like god can't be part of your verbiage when you're talking politics if you may and all that means separation of church and state means that you have the freedom to choose your religion. So it's kind of a weird clause. It was Thomas Jefferson that paraphrased that in 1802, I believe. Um, but 
he wanted people to be able to have your own faith or your own worship. So it's concerning too, because in our government, the government works on, you, you hear things that the government talks about a lot that might be something in the Bible. And I was talking with my husband about this the other day and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, if they're, so for example, abortion, and I don't know, um, I don't know if the Bible, because again, I'm not religious. So you please, please people, if you have any comments or concerns about this podcast or need to correct me, I totally appreciate it. I'm an open book. But if you are governing your country and you are making laws against abortion, for example, um, for certain decree of abortion or at a certain duration or whatever, if you're using the Bible, like your religion, your upbringing as your guidance, what is your Bible? Is your Bible a Christian Bible? Is it a Catholic Bible? Are you Mormon? That's not separation of church and state because you're using Christianity as a guidance to help govern your country in certain aspects, in certain rights for, for say, like example, for women's bodies. And that's not allowed because we have to have separation of church and state. So that means that there is no religion that could help govern our country, which makes me confused about why we say one nation under God, because God is a Christian Catholic icon or, or, um, savior, you know? So, yeah, I just, it's just something that I kind of thought of my, my wheels get spinning and, um, my daughter says the pledge of allegiance. I allow her to say it. I don't tell her she doesn't have to say it, but in this country, if you don't believe in the pledge of allegiance or you are maybe not an American citizen, you do not have to stand or excuse me, you have to stand but you do not have to say or recite the Pledge of Allegiance. That's your right. And I'm not like mad at our country. These The Pledge of Allegiance is a very old um, pledge that we've had. And, um, you know, it's just something that I was thinking of the other day that I wanted to kind of talk about and get off my chest. Um, I'm just looking up how old is the pledge. This is live on air. I'm doing some research. So 1887 is when the Pledge of Allegiance was first created. So just think about what was going on back then. Back in 1887, there was still, and there always will be religious wars, if you may. We always have this one religion is better than the other. And um, we're all humans, you know, we're all, we all have lungs and veins and hearts and brains. <laughs> I could like make a poem out of that. But yet we find conflict with one another and some people seek it. Um, we have a huge election coming up tomorrow. I hope everybody has voted or will be voting. Vote for who you think is best for this country. And if your person doesn't win, then 
deal with it in silence. I hope that there is not unrest and violence tomorrow or Wednesday or thereafter. I think that as a whole, we're better than that. We haven't really proven that this year with some of the um, negative rioting. It's different to me protesting a cause or an occurrence to me is different than rioting where you're destructing your city or harming other people. Uh, my voice isn't big enough to stand on a mountaintop and tell people just to knock it off. Everybody needs a spanking that are, that are ruining their cities. Um, quit being a bully. If you have in your heart the feeling for a political person, then that's good. That's good that you're passionate about it. But just remember that we are all in this together, just as the Pledge of Allegiance states. And we will all get through this together. And I hope everybody has a good evening. And if you haven't recited the Pledge of Allegiance in a while, and that's something that you used to do in school, maybe you could... Um, get some practice on it but again you don't have to say it it's not it's it's your right as an american citizen to not have to say it um so i hope everybody is well and safe kind and respectful and please be kind to your future self